Hello ladies and gentlemen, once again, welcome back to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Mary, and uh, again, I want to welcome you back, and like I say from the top of all my podcasts, uh, first off, I want to thank any for any uh, viewer, any new viewers that are with me for the very first time. I want to say thank you for uh, listening, and I hope you uh, come on come on back. Uh, for those um, viewers that have been with me from day one, listening to this uh, podcast, I want to say thank you, uh, thank you for coming back, and I hope you certainly do continue to uh, come on, come on, come back. Uh, well, Super Bowl's over with, and uh, football season is, I guess you can say it's just about over with. I know, uh, I know it won't be much longer that the USFL will be starting up. Uh, I believe they have their first draft, February the 22nd, the Michigan Panthers, which is coached by former NFL coach Jeff Fisher and they will be getting the very first pick in the draft it'll be very interesting to see if the league can succeed I believe their games are starting in April funny thing in April also starts the NFL draft and here with the next I guess you know a couple of weeks uh, I know the Aaron Rodgers is supposed to make some kind of decision as to if uh, he will come back to the Packers or will he not will he go to the free agency and again, won't be much longer. You'll be hearing about free agency. Who's going to go here? Who's going to go there? Who's going here and who's going there? That type of thing. So even though the football season is over with, there's going to still be talk. You know, there'll still be uh, how would the new head coaches do with their teams? Uh, free agency, what player can help your team move to the next level? There's so much talk. There's so much talk. And I'm sure as time goes on, we will I will do my best to update you. And I'll do my very best to give you my intake on my intake on things and uh, my opinions. Um, I, before we before we dive into things, uh, I want to. Uh, I saw a uh, a tweet. A gentleman had tweeted and uh, like my most recent podcast. I want to thank the. Uh, young gentleman for uh, doing so and um and I have followed him and he's uh he does his own podcast and uh I hope he has much success. Uh, I was reading his podcast. He's gotten some kind of offer from somebody, uh and uh I don't know if he'll take it or not, but uh whatever he does, I wish him the very the very the very best. And uh if it's something he wants, he should certainly go for it. Don't hold yeah, don't hold back. You always want to do the best for yourself in life, the best for your family. You want to do what you can. You always want to, as they say, well, if you can live your dream, then go do it. Don't hold back. Don't let anybody hold you back. Uh, I started this podcast back in, uh, back in June. Late June. Uh, I'm a big football fan. I try to do the best I can to uh, give an opinions and... Uh, I've played fantasy football for next season will be 34 years. Uh, I, at times, I did give my opinion on the fantasy football stuff, but towards the end of the season, I kind of got out of it. I just went straight to football. Talk about just football, no no uh, fantasy football. Give my opinions on different subjects as, as they happen. So, uh, you know me. I do not like to beat around the bush. 
entirely too much. Um, I want to start my first uh, first thing. Uh, ESPN put an article out, I believe it was about, about three days ago. A very interesting article. Um, here we thought the Daniel Schneider and the Washington football team at the time, which is now we know as the Commanders now, uh, we thought that we thought the sexual harassment thing for them was horrible, but now it seems like the Dallas Cowboys have been hiding a secret, and their secret is, uh, I guess you could say, I guess you could say the word is a peeping tom if you want, if you want, if you want to say it like that. Uh, Bruce Dabble, who's been with the Cowboys for several years, uh, there is a rumor, there's a rumor going out there that uh, that he was using his cell phone, I believe. I don't know if it was his personal cell phone or was it the Dallas Cowboys? I guess I guess you could say the company cell phone if you want to say that. That he was um, in the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders locker room taking pictures. I guess of the of the, of the lovely young ladies undressing. Uh, supposedly, I think one or maybe two cheerleaders. Saw something and saw something, and uh, they reported it. Uh, I believe there was a another report that he um, at the end at a war room for the Dallas Cowboys. There was another report that um, Bruce Depper was using the phone to uh, look up Jerry Jones's daughter's dress, I believe, or skirt, or the case may be, and. Uh, Actually, the funny and the not really funny, but the weird thing is that some people who were watching that draft that day kind of noticed something funny. They noticed it. Now, here when I thought, here when I thought the Dallas, I said, here when I thought the Washington football team and their um, thing was bad. I don't know which one is worse. Is this one or the Bruce Dabrupol uh, thing? It's 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 unbelievable. Um, it's unbelievable, and I hate you know I hate this and I hate to say it. And I I have a few. I might have a couple of women. I'm not gonna say a lot of women that listen to this podcast because there's not a lot of women out there that really listen to football now. With all due respect, I know there's a lot of women that are. A lot of female assistant coaches in the league. There are, uh, there is a female referee. There is actually even some female owners or co-owners. Uh, Daniel Schneider's wife being one, and uh, the Buffalo Bills are a couple that uh, come to mind. And there are certainly uh, women that are in the front offices. Uh, there is not. There has. I look for the day there will be a, a female general manager. At some point, at some time, it's it's going to happen. Uh, you know, being a Cincinnati Bengal fan, there is a uh, nice article I think was put out maybe about a couple months ago by NFL by NFL Network or NFL.com um, about the uh, Blackburn, who was a uh, who's worked who is the daughter of uh, Mike Brown, and uh, how she worked her way up the ladder. How as a kid she sat in. On negotiations with her dad, it's, it's a very interesting read, and how she got to, and now she helps negotiates contract for 
for her players today. It's amazing. Back to the subject at hand. To me, that's almost, you know, it's like, you ever watch the movie Porky's? And that's, you know, I'm kind of telling my age here. Porky's is a movie, gosh, I'm trying to say it might be done back in the mid-80s, maybe nine, maybe, maybe, maybe it was like early 90s, and I could be wrong. I'd have to really go back and <laughs> really look, but it's kind of, it, 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 Bruce Taylor kind of, kind of reminds me of that guy from Porky's, where he's sitting in the waist. Except the guy was looking through a peephole, didn't have a cell phone. And it makes it, it makes it, to me that's what Bruce kind of reminds me of. And that is just, my gosh, that is just utterly, it's utterly, I don't know what I can use the word as. It is just so disrespectful. Um, I had mentioned on previous podcasts, I'm not a big fan of, uh, I was certainly... At a young age, I was always around. I was around a lot of women, and me got to learn to respect. I got to learn to respect women at, at, a, at a very young age. I mean, my mom, my sister, and my dad passed away when I was when I was nine years old. Massive heart attack, wouldn't sleep. But I learned to respect. Come from those two ladies. There was a family lived downstairs in the downstairs apartment, and there was. Another older lady, uh, I'd say she might be a few years older than my mom, but had a lot of respect for her. She reminded me of my mom. She was kind of like a second mom. There was an old young lady who was about six years older than I was, uh, who's now married now, a couple of kids. And I had a lot of, I had a lot of respect for her, uh, to the point I had to be, I had to be here on the podcast, but... I had a crush on the young lady. I mean, she was six years older than me, but we had a lot of things in common. Uh, like sports, like wrestling, so forth and so forth. We just hit it off when we, you know, we hit it off. But I had a lot of respect for her for putting up with some, putting up with some of my stupidity. And I don't think, I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think in some way, I don't think I ever apologized to, to the young lady for the stupid crap I think that I, you know, did. And, and like I said, I don't think I ever apologized for, I don't think I ever could really apologize for some of the stupid mess that I did. And, you know, and to me, I look back on it now, I should have known better to an extent. But to me, any man who to me doesn't have respect for a woman does just doesn't cut it for me does I just can't can't fathom it I mean you have to understand I you know, I don't know Bruce I really don't know a lot about Bruce Devil I don't know if he has a wife kids I don't know but um to me it's to me it's it's disrespectful to a woman, degrading. I think what makes it worse is the Dallas Cowboys covered it up. Uh, the story is they, they paid off the cheerleaders you know, X, X amount of dollars and whatnot. And there have been others, I believe, that have 
come forward I might be wrong in that but to me it's like wow it's like this jackal is going to port he's a port his school there and now he's I know that he's peeping in on women as they're undressing it's like wow that sounds like sounds like almost like a uh, stalker in a way and to me, if if you know, if I'd have caught wind of that, if I was Jerry Jones and I caught wind of that, Bruce would have been gone in a snap of a finger. He'd have been out. Because Jerry I mean Jerry's got a wife, Jerry's got a daughter. And what makes it worse is of course the the speculation about the war room thing with his own daughter. And trust me, trust me, if if I was in that war room, and yes, I do have a daughter, and we was putting a phone, looking up, and, and I caught a wind of this. And trust me, I would have, you know, trust me, Bruce would have been thrown probably through a window or thrown through a wall or something, really. But that means you're not disrespecting my daughter, but you'd be disrespecting me and the, and the Dallas Cowboy name. That's how, that's personally how I would take it. Now, certainly Bruce has denied this. And I know that Jerry. I know Jerry Jones was is 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 fond of is fond of Roosdown Ripple, and that's why. And that's why he stayed on. Some say that maybe Jerry, true Bruce Lee family. Well, the problem is, it makes Jerry look bad. If any of this was going on, he was covering it up. You know, to me that kind of makes. To me, that kind of makes my opinion on Jerry Jones change a little bit. Now, I've always respected Jerry Jones for his business. Because what he's done for the NFL, as far as business goes, is unbelievable what he has done in that regard. But there's a lot of things about Jerry. I mean, come on, Jerry's done, trying so hard to take credit for the Dallas Cowboys' success. And to be honest with you, Jimmy Jones had was a lot more to do with that than certainly Jerry Jones. I know Barry Switzer did win a uh, Super Bowl, but he won a Super Bowl with, with Jimmy Johnson's players in the, in the NFL history, but certainly tell will tell you that hands down, no questions asked on that one. But, but to me, I kind of lost, it's just to me, I lost a little bit of respect for Jerry if he did not see him, if he knew of this, and the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, who are certainly well known and famous, because you've been moved, because name a name a cheerleading, you know, name a cheerleading squad that has, has had a movie done about them, other than the Dallas Cowboys, you can't, because that's because they're at the Dallas Cowboys cheers. If you're a Dallas Cowboy shooter, man, they've considered you top of the line. There's been, I can't remember, 200, 300 some Dallas Cowboy cheerers that have come and gone in their history. But to me, I lose a lot of respect for Jerry Jones. And he's sitting there paying people off to keep this hush hush. 
I mean, here I thought Dana, Sh Dana Schneider and, yeah, and Washington, Washington said, I thought that was bad, and it is bad. This one kind of makes it even worse, or somewhat to a degree, even worse if you have a guy that was sitting there playing a peeping Tom role and looking at, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, I, you hear stories about that. I hear stories. You hear like stories at Walmart where a guy, where if there's if a woman is trying something, trying an outfit on in a dressing room, the guy will put a phone in there and do that. And I've seen, you know, you hear stories where you're walking through an aisle, maybe ladies walking through an aisle, a guy will, you know, a guy will just sit there and do that to you. To me, that is, this, it's. It certainly is disrespectful. It's a sickening feeling in the pit of your stomach. You know, I know women, women for ages, years, ages, millenniums, centuries, whatever you want to say, have tried so hard to gain respect for what they do, for what they can bring to the table. I mean, it took women many, many years to even vote right. And now you have women nowadays. I mean, you had a woman that was running for president not only a few years ago and almost, almost pulled, almost pulled it off. You got women that are CEO of big time companies. Women and women, women have come a long, long way. But to me, it's like a Bush down with the dead. It's kind of like he took us back to the Stone Ages. If that makes any sense, and he kind of disrespected, disrespected women. To me, I've been married for almost, well, it'll be 22 years, I should say, in September. And I've always had the utmost respect. For my wife. And my wife. My wife has a condition. That is called spinal bifida. And where her spine. Her, when she was born. She was born a couple of months early. <laughs> spine was curved. The doctors told her parents. Two things were going to happen. She was. A could be lucky. Best case scenario. She was going to be able to walk. But she was going to have a limp. The rest of her life. Or be. Paralyzed from the waist down. And luckily for her, she got the best case scenario. But I've always had respect for my wife. I mean, my wife's the type of person that will do anything in the world for you. I mean, if my wife really, if my wife really wanted to, she would be considered, in a way, she would be considered handicapped. But my wife wouldn't do that. Then, and then an 80 year old lady that needs a uh, handicapped parking space, my wife would give it to her, no questions asked. That's kind of where my, my, my wife has always been, and always has been, always will be. I guess, what's that expression? Give you a shirt off her, give you a shirt off your, her back. I guess that, I guess that would be the kind of expression, right? And I've always told people it was the heart 
into the heart. That one you know was no look. It was no looks. It wasn't the body. It was the heart. That was always the most important thing to me. But in this situation, this situation, to me, understandable, even Jerry Jones, not only disrespected to Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, mind you, because I'm a Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, and they gonna give me hush hush money to keep me to keep me quiet. Now, I know some people can sit back and say, well, they took the money. And yeah, they did. Sometimes, sometimes when it comes to a situation where, and I get it, maybe you need to pay some bills. Hey, my rent's coming up. I need to put food in my refrigerator. I got a credit card bill that's to be paid off. You know, I got a car payment due. My mortgage is due. Stuff like that. I mean, stuff like that. If 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 you're in a like type of situation, and somebody says we'll give you three hundred thousand dollars, let's just say for the sake of just for the sake of argument, you need to keep this hush. And I'm sure the young ladies, the young ladies, might have thought to themselves, you know what? I've got all this going on. I'm gonna take the money. And you don't know. You don't know the young lady's situation as to why they took the money. But it, but the thing is, the bottom line is, my problem is, it's just Jerry Jones now only disrespected the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, but to me, he has disrespected, and I hate to say it, his wife, his daughter, and every woman out there. Now, now granted, there is no, now we have not heard any sexual harassment cases from Dallas, you know, from Dallas County, which we have not heard that. But to me, it makes me wonder, it makes me wonder, there's any other front office in the NFL is that stuff happening that you don't hear about and it may start to come out? I don't know. I don't know. I would hope not. Sometimes people keep things hush hush, quiet. I know there's no expression of somebody, somebody wants to say money talks. But in this situation, to me, this is just simply disrespectful to all the women out there that Bruce Dalrymple did. Certainly, you know, certainly, I hope, you know, I don't know if the NFL will do an investigation on this or what's, what's going to come of this. But it kind of just makes me shake my head. It makes me, what they, how do they say it? Stick to your stomach that this happened. But at the end of the day, bottom line is, it's hard for me to say, but I've lost respect for Jerry for keeping hush hush and letting a guy like Bruce Dabble hang around after what he did.
Now let's talk about the reigning and defending Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams. Now, there's a word coming out that um, that Aaron Donald that maybe he wants to he wants to step away. He wants to retire, and then Sean McVay has come out and he has said that he wants to. He's not thinking about retiring, but he's thinking about maybe not having a long, long, let's say, coaching career. Now, there are, I mean, there are athletes out there that you work hard, you work hard for many, many years to achieve that one goal, whether it's the World Series, Super Bowl, an NBA championship, Stanley Cup, you know, whatever the case may be. If you're a boxer, you go to become the heavyweight champion of the world. Sometimes it's like once once you reach that goal, then you get that feeling, well, where else do I go? In the back of my mind, Aaron Donald's probably Aaron Donald. You think about it. Aaron Donald has been, this is his second Super Bowl. He finally won one. He's been Defensive Player of the Year. What? Twice? And now he's won a Super Bowl. And a man who could, have, who could have made a case for being the MVP in the Super Bowl, but Cooper Cup won it. And some people consider Aaron Donald, either him or maybe T.J. Watt, the best defensive player in the league right now. And Aaron, I, I'm assuming Aaron probably feels that, hey, I've done everything. I've got the money. I've got a couple of MVPs. I've actually finally won the Super Bowl. I believe Aaron will be going to his ninth season, next season, I believe. And of course, when TMZ asks him, hey, you're going to come back, he said, well, if you bring in, bring back Bob Miller and Odell Beckham, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Well, I think part of that is you, you say anything to get the media just out of your, yeah, out of your hair so you can go wherever you need to go. Now, there's a part of me, there's a part of me now, I'm going to say this, I'll say off record, I'll say on record right now, Aaron Donald's going to, I believe he'll be back next season. But the thing is, is like you're caught up in the moment. You've won a Super Bowl. After winning a Super Bowl, you sit back and you reflect, well, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this. What else have I got to do? And some athletes, and some people, some people, athletes are wired like that. And for a guy like Tom Brady, for example, you win once, you win a Super Bowl, nah, I gotta do this again, you do it again, nah, it's still not enough, I gotta do it again. Well, you go to 10 Super Bowls and you win seven. And now, when Tom Brady came out and said, you know what, I'm retired. Well, in Tom Brady's case, I can actually see it. I mean, 
How many people in this league can say I've won the 10 Super Bowls? How many people in this league can say I've got seven Super Bowl rings? You can't. Because Tom Brady's done that. Some athletes, you know, some people are smart. Hey, I gotta do this, 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 this. I've always felt personally in my life there's always the next goal. There's always something else to achieve. Whether that is, whether that case might be. Now, granted, like I said, I've been doing the same business for 31 years. And for to be honest with you, to, to, to my listeners, I spent 25 years in one job until I finally got to be in a management position. And I grinded and grinded and grinded until I got that position. And I had that position for about two, maybe a little over two years. And all of a sudden, it got taken out from under me when the business sold. And I was sitting on my butt for eight months. And it put a chip, it put a huge chip on my shoulder. A chip on my shoulder that has never, that has never gone away. And it probably never will go away. Because I worked so hard to reach that, that spot, that point. And all of a sudden, it just got snatched away from me. In a way, it's kind of like my, this past year in fantasy football. I busted my butt, I busted my butt, and I busted my butt. And after 19 years in between the Super, the Super Bowl championship, I finally got a Super Bowl. And it took 19 years to do it. And I had a couple people in my league had wished me congratulations. And one of them happened to be my cousin. And I kind of, you know, I emailed him. I told him, that's great. I said, but now it's time for me to go win I'm Went back to back. And the history, I think, has been done twice, I believe. And I'd love to do it again. You see, in a way, I'm kind of wired like Tom Brady. I'm not satisfied with with one. I gotta have more. Because in my mind, I've got to put a doubt without a doubt in your mind that I can be the very best. Now I'm not gonna sit out here and say that, hey. I'm going to put the best podcast out there. And sure, I would love to be compared with the uh, compared with some, of, some of the best podcasts out there, some of the best sports podcasters out there. But that's not going to be overnight. Again, that's years and years and years of work. Sure, you love to be discovered by somebody, without a doubt. And who knows? Well, to be honest with you, I don't think you see a guy like let's say a Colin Cowherd or Skip Bayless or whoever else that is out there. Now, yeah, guys I have respect for. Now, I don't really believe they really sit back and listen to my podcast. I'm sure there's about a trillion people do podcasts. Well, maybe not a trillion, but you know I'm getting at. That do podcasts. But with Aaron Donald, he's very simple. Aaron, I mean, Aaron Donald is not as wired, maybe like a Don Brady or some other athletes. And I think Aaron, Aaron was caught up in the moment. He finally won a Super Bowl. After eight years in the league, he won a Super Bowl. And I think Aaron was just taking it all in. But I got a feeling Aaron Donald will be back. Now, I don't think Von Miller, 
I don't think Odell Beckham will be back. I really don't with the Rams. But I've got a feeling Aaron Donald will be back. Now, as far as Sean McFay goes, McFay is still a young coach. McFay could probably coach for another 30 years if he wanted to. If he really wanted to. He's a young coach. He's been in two Super Bowls in the last four years. Sean has done an outstanding job. Now, I believe I read somewhere where, again, this is a situation where you get caught up in the moment once again. I believe, you know, I think Sean feels there's more than maybe just coaching. Now, I know that Sean, I believe, I, I could be wrong on this one, that I believe there's a, a spy out there that Sean... McFay is engaged. Which, congrats to him. And maybe Sean's like, you know what? I like this coaching, but man, I mean, if I'm getting married, a family, I like to have a family. And that plays in. You know, that plays in. Certainly, that's going to play in. Hey, I want to enjoy, enjoy my new ride. I want to enjoy spending time with my new ride. Hey, I want to want to have kids one day. Don't know how many kids Sean wants to have. But if I'm coaching, you know, if I'm coaching, if I'm coaching, hey, I'm gonna make you know, let's say I you know my kids get involved in activities, whether it's a you know, play sporting, you know, digging into sports or whatever. Hey, will I have time during my coaching career to, to, to go do that? And I know some I know some coaches and I remember I remember Mr. Bill Coward, I do remember I think during the season he would take time out to go watch his daughters. Might have been both of them play basketball. Now, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard at times, I know, for a coach to balance that home life and work. And I'm sure Sean, no, and, and, and I'm sure, and I'm sure Sean McVay has known coaches that do that, that do that balancing act. You know, maybe Sean says, man, it's a grind. Maybe I don't want to be like that. Maybe I don't, you know, I like my coaching. But what, but what about the wife? But what about my kids? If that, when, you know, when if that happens, I gotta balance it. How am I gonna balance that? Can I balance that? Now, whether that was running through, you know, Sean's mind or not, you know, you know, a lot of things can race through somebody's mind when you reach the mountaintop. You gotta wonder, well, where do I go from here? I've reached the mountaintop. I've reached where I want to get. Where do I go from here? A lot of athletes think like that. And some might say, you know what? 
I got nothing left to prove. I'm out of here. I'm retiring. Yeah, maybe in the back of Aaron Donald's mind, he's thinking that. Maybe back of Sean McCoy's mind, he's thinking, what would I do with it? I'll give it to the top. Then again, some people like Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. I want more. You gotta have more. I got to prove that I shut it out. That I'm as the very best of what I do. Aaron Donald's always has proved himself to be one of the better defensive players in this league. Some say the best. Some say either him or TJ Watt. In favor of Sean McFay's, I, I guarantee you Sean McFay's considered one of the top, I'm going to say five coaches in the league. He's got two Super Bowl appearances. He's won one. Very simple. People think like that, you know, like I say, they're wired like that. But like I said, I'm sure Sean Faye is thinking, maybe I think he's thinking down the road, well, you know, if I continue to coach for X amount of years, when you think about it, let's say like, you know, again, here's another a scenario that gets played out, and players go through this, and I'm sure assistant coaches, even the head coach, what happened? You know, what happened if your wife gets pregnant? Let's say it's during the football season and you've got to coach again. Let's say your your wife says, Honey, go coach again. I'll be okay. Well, you're sitting on the sidelines. Your wife goes into labor. And the coach probably sitting there, Oh man, I'm not gonna be able to see my first kid, my first my first born. Yeah. I don't want to miss that. I'm sure, I'm sure that plays in people. I'm sure that plays. I'm sure that absolutely plays in their mind. It does. I'm sure it plays in every, everybody's mind. Any athlete. Any average person walking down the street. It plays in your mind. It's a psyche. It plays in your psyche. And I'm sure Sean Faye thinks that. You know, he's probably thinking along those lines. Now, some people can think day by day. Some people can think 20 steps ahead. Sean Faye for a guy is thinking 20 steps ahead. And there's nothing wrong with thinking like that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Some people, you want to have it all. There's an expression, you want to have your cake, and you don't want to eat it too. I think Sean is thinking down the road, how do you balance this? Again, you'd be shocked what some people would think when this comes up. After you reach the very top of your sport, of your business, where do I go from here? Things can really, really run through you, run through your head. Your mind goes spinning. But I think Aaron will be back next season. And you know Sean Faye will be back next season. But I guess the question is, how much longer, right? I think Aaron could have probably another three or four years left in his body, maybe more. And Faye, like I said, he's about 36, 37 years old, coaching over. 
25 years, maybe 30, if he really wanted to that bad. But for the Rams, the biggest question is right now, can you repeat? It's hard to repeat as champ, it's hard to repeat. A lot of teams will tell you that. Okay, unless you're doing the Patriots, you have that 20 year dynasty, but that's, that might be a different subject for a different matter. Now Aaron Donald and Sean Lafayette have worried about how do we defend our championship. Put your focus on that, guys. I'm sure when you guys do decide to retire, Aaron Donald may very well be a future Hall of Famer. If Sean Lafayette keeps going to pace he's going, he may be a Hall of Famer one day. Focus on the repeat, guys. You barely got by the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, let's see if you can step up. Let's see if the two of you guys can help the team repeat as Super Bowl champions. Now, the next thing we'll talk about is um, Minnesota Vikings, the head coach, Kevin McConnell, home office coordinator for the LA, the Los Angeles Rams. And he's coming to the press conference and he's told pretty much people right off the bat he wants to build around. Kirk Cousins. Now, even before this, I think right after the season be, uh, finished, there was even a buzz that whether I've heard one rumor that they were ship Cousins on. Maybe there's some kind of trade for Cousins for like Baker Mayfield or something. Something like that. I've heard some ridiculous rumor. Now, I mean, Kirk Cousins is on the books for, for, a, lot, for a lot of money. This season. Now, I never saw the Cousins and, you know, I never saw that Cousins deal with Baker Mayfield ever going down anyway. I'm sure it would have been a little bit of a relief, maybe as far as money, if you had Baker Mayfield in Minnesota. Now, Kevin's done a pretty, O'Connell's done a pretty, he did a pretty decent job, or at least helped with a decent job with Matthew Stratford. Now, I believe O'Connell was on the staff, I believe, the Washington, the uh, Washington football team. And and he worked with the Sean McFays, and he also worked with one Kirk Cousins. So I'm sure O'Connell knows quite a bit about Kirk, knows what makes Kirk tick, and what's going to make Kirk a better football player. Now, to be honest with you, in Kirk's defense, Kirk had maybe the best year of his career this past year. You look at Minnesota, offensively, they're not yet yeah, they're not that bad. You've got one of the better running backs in the league in Dalvin Cook. The offensive line is not bad, it's not bad. You've got one of the best young receivers in this game in Justin Jefferson. Still got Adam Thielen. You got the return of Irv Smith this season. And heck, to be honest with you, Dalvin Cook's backup is not that is not that bad. Is not that bad. Matheson is not a uh, is not is not a bad is not a bad player either. There are, I mean, there is certainly talent already for Kirk Cousins. Now, I've heard one report that he might want that O'Connor might want to throw the ball more because that's what made Matthew Stratford. That's what made Matthew Stratford successful. Well, the thing is, the thing is, is Matthew Stratford, to me, 
have a battle for him and Kirk Cousins. Let's put, let's, let's put it out there right now. Number two, it would be kind of dumb, in my opinion, to take the, put the ball in Kirk Cousins' hands and take it out of Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is one of the top, let's say, five or six running backs in this league. You can make an argument. I'm sure some people, Jonathan Taylor, you may get a Derrick Henry reference. But Dalvin Cook's got to be, what, three? Maybe, maybe third on the list, fourth on the list, something like that. Now, I get the point is that, I get the point that Cam Akers was, was hurt. He didn't come back to the playoffs, okay? And he relied on Daryl Henderson. He relied on Sonny Michelle, which Sonny Michelle did a pretty, was a, a nice little, nice little pickup for uh, the Rams. But Dalvin Cook has got way more talent than probably all three of those guys, okay? So, I would kind of think it kind of have enough sense to figure, hey, I've got Dalvin Cook. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to use him. The guy's a pretty good catcher. Catcher, you know, he can catch pass out of the backfield as well. Dalvin's a beast. Dalvin, I know, has been in this league, and even in back to Florida State's always had a history of injuries, and he's been injured prone. There's no denying his talent. And yeah, I get it. You got a, a good young receiver in Justin Jefferson. He'll be a good receiver for many, many years to come. I got it. And Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen is, uh, what? Maybe what, 32 this season? Maybe 33? I know Adam is kind of starting to get up in age. But he's productive. You got Irv Smith coming back. Now Conklin did a pretty decent job. He didn't like, you know, he didn't, he wasn't Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or Waller. He wasn't those guys. But he produced. He, I mean, he didn't do that bad. He did an okay job. So it's not like the it's not it's not like the offense. It's not like O'Connor is coming in and really retreat the offense that much. The defense was the issue for Minnesota. For Minnesota. That is probably what needs to be addressed. Is the defense? The secondary was horrible. You know, either have to make free agent pickups or you have to do a heck of a draft on that defense. Sure, I can see if you want to throw in maybe an offensive lineman. I get you there. Maybe you want to throw in another receiver. Maybe you want to get another receiver because of Thielen. If it's bad Thielen, maybe you get Thielen for one more year, and then maybe you let him go after that. I don't know. But the offense doesn't need to be that treat that much. I get O'Connell has a lot of confidence in Kirk Cousins, and he wants him to air it out more. If I'm Kevin, I don't change that much. Again, you got a good money back. Dalvin Cook. Don't change much. Kevin, if I'm Kevin, work, let's work on the defense side of the ball. I get it. I mean, like I said, I get it. If you want to add maybe a weapon here, uh, you want to add an extra weapon to Minnesota, fine. I mean, I can see if you want to get, use that. If you want to use the draft to get somebody late, you probably could. But you know Minnesota's going to spend a lot, of, a lot of their time in the draft, at least I would think they would, on the defense side of the ball because that's where they need the most help. I can see if you add an extra offensive line in there. Sure, I'm with you on that. I'm with you there. Maybe you don't think Herb Smith or Conklin are the, are the tight ends you rely on in the future. Maybe you go draft a tight end. I don't think the tight end class is 
is mediocre at best. It's not you don't have that Kyle Pitts type of guy in the draft in that draft. But again, I think it's a mistake if Kevin wants to come in and let Kirk Cousins be the focal point of offense. Don't change it. Don't tweak it. Work on the defense. You don't need to rely on Kirk Cousins that much. But we'll see what Kevin can do. Because let's be honest with you, if you're walking into the season right now, Minnesota's probably the second best team in that division. I think Green Bay's better. Now, I get it. If Aaron Rodgers does walk up and leave, it's a wide-open division. But if I'm Kevin O'Connell, you don't change much. Don't tweak it. What's the expression? If it ain't broken, don't fix it. I don't think the offense in Minnesota is broken. You want to put a little a tweak here and you want to tweak it there? Sure. Don't go bored. Don't go nuts. Don't let Kirk Cousins be the focal point of that offense. Because you got a good running back that you can fall back on. That you need to use. There's nothing wrong with what Mike Zimmerman did. When that offense was there for him, don't do it. You don't have to tweak it. Don't go nuts. Don't go crazy on it. I mean, you're in a division where, other than Green Bay, you could beat the Chicago Bears. You could beat the Detroit Lions. Maybe if you get lucky, work on the defense, you might have a shot at the wild card. It's possible. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Fix the defense. Don't tweak the offense that much, Kevin. You may have a shot next year at the playoffs. We'll see. Time will tell. Now, I'm not going to leave this podcast with my very last subject for this episode. Now, owner Mike Brown, Cincinnati Bengals, has come out and said um, that they are going to do their very best to get some offensive line help. For Mike Brown this offseason, whether it's by draft, maybe free agency, he didn't really come out and say it like that, but they're going to do whatever they can to help Joe Burrow. He is tough as nails, as he says. Well, to be honest with you, this past season, he had to be tough as nails because when it was all said and done, counting the regular season all the way up to the Super Bowl, this guy got sacked. 71 times. I believe that was the final number. That is a, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of times with sack. And I think I remember, I think I remember a few episodes ago, I said to me, Joe Burrow is kind of on that Andrew Luck path. Because for many years, the Colts didn't have much of an offensive line for Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck took a pounding and a pounding and more pounding. And he was still one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Well, to me, Joe Burrow's going down that same path. And you're right, the Bengals need to get offensive line help. Now, there's a few, there's some offensive linemen out there. Armstead of the Saints. Now, somebody has mentioned that, I think Armstead's maybe in his, what, early 30s, maybe? But Armstead had been upgraded. I can see that maybe, if, maybe depending on the situation, you go ahead and sign him. You bring as your left tackle. You move Jonathan, Jonathan Williams over to the right side. Okay, well, 
that can be taken care of. I know somebody said Ryan Jensen's going to be a free agent from Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I believe. Now, I'd love to have Ryan as my center. He's a beast. He'd be nice. And I'm sure there's a few, a few more. What was the guard, Brandon, Brandon Shreff from uh, the, the Redskins? Somebody said he might be a free agent. I'd love to have him. But let's pump the brakes on all this. There's no way in the world you get all three of those guys. I know the I know the Bengals are way low salary cap and they could afford some players. And I can see, don't get me wrong, I can see you trying to pursue one of those players. Maybe two if you're lucky. But the bottom line is, yeah, everybody knew going into the Super Bowl, the one biggest problem was going to be the offensive line. Well, guess what? It was your Achilles heel. When you think about what Kansas City, Kansas City did with Tampa Bay, beat up on Patrick Mahomes in, in the Super Bowl, what do you think Kansas City did? They went out and addressed that situation. With Mike Brown, you and Dick Tobin need to sit down and you need to address that situation. Or like I said, there's going to be an Andrew Luck 2.0 on your hands. And Joe's going to get, keep beating and getting beaten. I mean, take a look at what happened. That offense line has screwed, screwed Joe Trooper over the last two years, dude. He was out his rookie year. He went out. Tore an ACL, right? What does he do? Comes back this year. He goes all the way to the Super Bowl. What does he do? He sprains his knee, which luckily he will not need surgery. And hopefully, you know, hopefully he comes back next season 100%. And Mike, if you and Dick don't get him any help, then you're wasting Joe Burrow's, you're wasting Joe Burrow's career with that team. I get it. You got weapons around. You got Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Nixon in the backfield. I get it. There's talent on that offense. Make no mistake about it. But you better get the boy. You better get in some protection. Because if you don't, his career is going to be cut very short. And then you can wind up being like a lot of teams in the NFL. The Burroughs career will be over within about a few years. And then you go turn around. And what you could do, go get another David Klingler, Kelly Smith. Yeah, I'm sure that will be well for you. I'm sure that's going to do really well on this for you. Then you'll be going, trying to go back to the College draft figuring, well, this is, yeah. Maybe this guy from uh, Timbuktu State, maybe he'll be my next quarterback. But you got to do it, guys. Get the man some offensive line help. I don't care how you have to do it. Get him some help. And while you're at it, I've never been sold on that secondary rules either. Go get just go find you a damn cornerback. Get somebody. And I've always said it. I think I could do a better job than what Mike Brown's done for years. Now, Zach Taylor got a new got a new got a new contract. And congratulations to Zach. And it's kind of funny because it wasn't what did Zach Taylor he was his butt was in the sling. Make no mistake about it. If he hadn't, if he hadn't, if he had if he hadn't reached the playoffs or had a losing record. 
I think Zach would have been gone. And then I would love to have a Jim Harbaugh in there. That would have been that would have been cool. That would have been awesome. But unfortunately Jim is going back to Michigan and of course his contract is odd as it is, he does have a he does have a, a cop out in that contract. But Mike, you and Dick certainly need to do one thing and one thing on this offseason. Gain some offensive line help any way possible. You don't care how you gotta do it, go do it. I know, you know, in the past the Bengals never been much on spending a lot of money in the free agency. Now this past season, they did get they did get one thing right when they got, yeah, Trey yeah, Trey with Trey Erson. They might have got that one right. Because they did have a pretty good year. They went out and got a couple of cornerbacks. They brought them in. But they weren't the greatest cornerbacks in the world. I know Mike, Mike Hilton had his moments this year. But I've still never been the biggest Mike Hilton fan. But simply put, the bottom line is it's all about offensive line, offensive line, and offensive line. And maybe throw a cornerback in there. You can work that out. You can work some of that out. Maybe you got a chance to reach playoffs again next year. But then again, I wouldn't rule Cleveland Browns out. I wouldn't rule the Ravens out of winning, still winning that division. Because to be honest with you, Bengals fans, I'm going to be blunt. You still got, you still, you still, you're still in a pretty tough division. And who's to say you might have a talent, you know, a young team that's got a lot of talent that could be in the playoffs for many years to come. But who's to say that you're going to get back there? You're in a good, tough division. You got a lot of decent, low-quality teams in the AFC. But what make, what's to make you think that you'll get back in the playoffs next year? Too much talent in that conference and in that division. So if you want to step it up, you want to keep this team viable for the next several years to come, you better get some offensive line help for, for your boy Burrow or Joe Burr, Joe Shiesty, whatever the name you got for Joe Burrow. Joe's going to be gone. <laughs> and after a few years, if Joe's still putting in those quality numbers, Joe's said, you know what? Just like a lot of a lot of the great Bengal players in the past, I'm out of here. You can't get offensive line help. I'm going to some teams that they can get me some offensive line help that has a quality offensive line. Because if you don't, that could very well happen. And who knows, Jamar Chase might go out the door with him. And then you Bengal fans go right back where you started, right back where you started all over again. Being a doormat, somebody to come in and wipe your feet on. The Bengals been like that for years. And who's to say they might not go back to that, being that type of team next year? You would think not and you would hope not. Anything's possible in the NFL. Get the man some help, guys. Well, that'll be all for this for this episode. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening. See you around.